your vet medical questions. Dog trainer Alan Cable actually on vacation today. Dr. Debbie will answer those questions for him. Dog father Joey Volani with your grooming tips and animal communicator Joey Turner. Even Ladybug the studio stunt dog. <laughs> She's answering your calls. <laughs> she gets a lot of calls. You'd be she surprised. Does. She's a busy girl. On the show today, Reverend Capers will be joining us. He's a uh, well, if you're an old animal radio listener, you know, or a young animal radio listener, you know that he blesses the animals every year for us. And he'll be doing that in just a few minutes right here. So grab your animals, bring them around the radio. Stacy, what are you working on? Well, I'm kind of upset about this. I'm just going to tell you really quick. September is Senior <laughs> Pet Wellness Month, and now's the time to highlight the importance of routine exams for older pets. But that's not what really bothers me. They said that, um, you know, if you have a senior dog similar to a person at age 50... What is that? I'm not a senior. I don't want to. I don't call myself a senior. I mean, I don't. A fifty is that a senior? Fifty is the new thirty. They're crazy. But I don't know. Maybe it's not with dogs. They're active anyway. Anyway, you you got to check out your dog and make sure it's okay as they get older. And this is just a month to kind of highlight that. I'll tell you more about it coming up. And all my other issues on Animal Radio News. Airing <laughs> your laundry there, Stacy. Uh, I see, Joey, that you're going to be telling us how to de-stink your dog's face. Is that correct? Yeah. If you got a dog that has a um, smelly face because they got a lot of folds and, you know, those flat-faced dogs, the brachiocephalic, I think I said that right. I this think time. you did. <laughs> um, I'll be corrected by Dr. Deb shortly if I didn't. You do this, Joey, and you're going to take away all my business because so many people don't know how to take care of those skin folds and they end up at the doc's office because, you know, we've got smelly, stinky, infected faces. Mm. Uh, well, you know what? <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I mean, I, it should start in the grooming shop, I believe, before at least goes to you because I don't want my dog's face to smell coming out of the grooming salon. I mean, that's that's one of those areas where, you know, I mean, if I'm going to kiss my dog and it still smells like a dirty, wet mop, the first thing I'm going to do is, is curse out the groomer that just charged me $50, $60 to clean him. <laughs> oh, sorry, Ladybug. Ladybug's a little upset. No, you don't have a stinky face, Ladybug. No, she don't have a stinky face. Hi, Darlene. Hello. Welcome to the show. I have Dr. Debbie right here. What's going on? Um, I have a little uh, Shizu, and she's like three and a half years old. And next week, she's getting ready to have her third surgery for bladder stones. Oh, and after no. the surgery, I was wondering if there's anything besides the special food that she's getting that I could do to help her keep from getting them back. Yeah. Oh, my. That's quite the repeat offender there when it comes to bladder stones. Yes. Wow. Now, fun. do you know what, what kind of stone that she's had the problem with? I don't remember. They're little round, smooth ones, though. She gave me a okay. jar of them when the last surgery. It was like a half of a little <laughs> prescription jar full. Conversation item there when you pull it out. A little and momentum. Having a party. Hey, these are my dog stones. And then you pull another right. one out. And then the third one out. Wow. Um, well, it's going to really depend on what kind of stone that she has. Um, because there's very different approaches 
to um, managing um, these different types of stones. Um, some of the more common ones in Shih Tzus can be calcium-based stones. On the other end of the spectrum, they can have phosphorus-based stones as well. Um, and then there's oodles of other ones as, as well. Um, so that is very important information in order to fully answer your question. Um, but but in general, yes, there are definitely some other strategies, and I think I would definitely go looking further. Um, one of the main things, that the biggest goal when we're trying to prevent bladder stones is we want to uh, make the urine more dilute. And that is commonly one of the goals of special diets for bladder stones. Um, we can go even further than this. And if I see a pet's urine sample and it's really not below 1020 in specific gravity, I'm going to add in some ways to get them uh, more uh, water in their diet. That might be, you know, adding in things like ice cubes that are flavored with maybe uh, a little bit of, uh, you know, chicken broth in there. Um, that's one strategy. Um, watering down food or going to a can variety can help to increase water intake. And then there's even something I sometimes use called hot dog soup, which is basically uh, where you take some hot dogs, you boil them in the uh, microwave and, and let the fat, the flavor kind of mm, get into some mm, water. Mm. Mm, it's good. And that you can then dress the food with that, and that also helps to stimulate them to, to take in more water. Um, so that would be my number one recommendation um, without knowing all, everything we need to know about those stones. And then uh, if, in fact, your puppy dog has the calcium-based stones, then there's often a lot of other conditions that we'll go looking for. Um, because sometimes those pets can have high blood calcium levels that can be related to other health conditions. Um, so doing some lab work would be important. Um, sometimes checking for certain diseases like Cushing's disease or checking their lipid levels, things like that can be very helpful in seeing if there's an underlying problem. Then eating um, a special food from the vet, it's, for, it's low fat and a diabetic and gastrointestinal food. They told mm-hmm. me, no, is she diabetic? That. No, ma'am. No, but they just okay. said that was the, the only thing they could, you know, they called the dog food place, and they recommended this to keep her on strictly this kind of food, not okay. to give her, you know, anything but that, and that they thought that might help, but it's only been less than a year ago that she's had them, and now she has them again, but I just give her nothing but distilled water and this canned food. Definitely, I'd say let, let's find out what kind of stone, and I can definitely give you some even some alternate diet recommendations if I know what particular type we've got. Now, the other thing is on that other end of the spectrum, those phosphorus-based stones, they are um, commonly associated with urinary tract infections, and there are dogs with that type of stone that we need to really address the chronic low-grade urinary tract infection. So sometimes there are other factors. I had a little Shih Tzu the other day who she'd been through her second bladder surgery, and I looked at her and I discovered she had a little vaginal problem that was causing a chronic vaginitis, which was causing a low-grade urinary infection. So we're addressing that in a way to get ahead of the bladder stones, which have formed because of the infection in the bladder, which has been from the infection in the vaginal area. So it's kind of like this whole chain event. So that would be one big uh, aspect as well, is to really control that that urinary infection. But I'd say give me a call back when you know what kind of stone that she has, because I'd be definitely happy to offer you some other um, diet tips that we might even be able to try. Thank you very much. We appreciate it. Don't forget you can get your fix of Animal Radio anytime you want with the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Download it now. It's made possible by Fear Free Happy Homes. Helping your pets live their happiest, healthiest, fullest lives at home, at the vet, 
and everywhere in between. Visit them at fearfreehappyhomes.com. And thanks, Fear Free, for underwriting Animal Radio. This week, a big show. We have Dr. Reverend Capers back with us. We do this every year. It's fun. Blessing of the animals. And that should happen in just a few minutes right here. So grab your animals. Blessing of the staff. Can can they do that too? (laughs) Yeah. We should really do that. Yeah, we're a lost cause. Don't waste your blessings. (laughs) (laughs) The exorcism of the staff. There's, that's more like it. See who we're talking about here, Joey. I don't know. I mean, I'm trying to be really good over here, but uh, hey, hey, and I actually did have a question for you. If I can beg a little professional uh, information. Information here. Uh, sure. You know, you know my boy boss. Uh, he's a Yorkie yeah. poodle Shih Tzu. You know, he's a Yorkie poo with a lot of shit in him. Oh, sorry. Um, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> but uh, he's he's got this hair coat that's kind of scruffly, and my husband refuses to trim it. Um, but he kind of looks like a razorback. So the top hair is kind of the guard hairs. It's kind of wiry, about three and a half inches long, and then everything underneath that is real short, about an inch thereabouts. So. I've tried to take clippers to his face, and my husband catches me, so he always knows when I've done something. So I'm wondering, what can I do for this kind of hair coat and not make it real obvious, but just kind of neaten him up a little bit because he is scruffly? Well, how the first thing the first thing I should really tell Dr. Deb is yes. that she should bring the dog to me, and I would take care <laughs> of it for her. But, you know, I got a problem with this, but, I, but you know, because it's you, I'm going to say it, because this is given away one of my biggest secrets, uh, because this is a problem. No, this is, this is a problem for a lot of people, and a lot of people come in with this because they want to keep the natural scruffy look, because when you get a dog that looks like Boss, you know what? That's the personality, and that's a big part of it. So when you start cutting and clipping that dog, you take away some of the personality, like you would, you know, with me. If you've shaved my head, you take away my personality. So <laughs> take my gel and my hair away, you definitely took my personality. So what they have, and you got to get the original one, is a there's a tool out called a Coat King, and it's put out by an old, old grooming company called Mars. They're one of the best um, grooming tool suppliers probably in the world, in my in my opinion. And you got to make sure that you go for the original one because there's a lot of imitations that don't work. Now, what it is, it looks like a rake, but it's more curved over. And in this rake, the, um, the teeth on it are very sharp. So what they do is as you rake it through the dog's coat, it actually will trim it down. It'll cut it down. And you can control by how many times you go over the area. You can control how much coat that you're going to remove. Now, what it's going to do is is the area where you have the longer hair, you're going to go over it a little bit more. The area where you have the shorter hair, you're going to go over it less. And you'll never, ever in a million years be able to tell that the dog has gotten a haircut where it looks like it's, you know, trimmed bluntly. It's going to keep the scruffy look, but it's going to maintain it and bring it down. And it's also going to help um, healthy coat grow back in because that's that's basically part of it. It's also de-sheds while it trims away the hair that you don't want. So remember that's that. It's I a mean, Mars exactly. Coat King. Mars is that M-A-R-S? M A R S. Yes. You know, Joey, I would definitely have you take care of me, but if, if it comes back looking too professional, you know, he's going to know something's up. So, you know, I kind of got to do this on the sly. There you go. There you go. Stacy in the newsroom. Well, it's the end of summer, and I don't know, have you gone to the pool yet? Do you know what it's like when you're just a little extra heavy and you're in the pool and you have to get up the steps? It can be tough, right? <laughs> well, imagine if you're a hippo and you're trying to get up the steps. Oh. This hippo fell into a pool and he couldn't get up the steps. 
He didn't have a bikini on, by the way, so <laughs> we're leaving that part out of it. But, oh, it's a sad story. I'll tell you about it coming up on Animal Radio News. She always delivers the sad stories with a smile. We do that here <laughs> at Animal Radio. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. How'd you like to eliminate your expensive cable bill forever or get new satellite internet where cable can't go? Well, now you can have affordable satellite internet service for a few dollars a day. All you need is a mini satellite installed and you can have unlimited internet connections wirelessly in your home or office. And no cable boxes means unlimited connections and no clutter. You can surf the internet or stream any of your favorite television services with no cable. And the best part is, satellite internet service costs only a few dollars a day for your entire home. Yes, fast internet to surf or stream television for a few bucks a day. Call now for free details and learn how to drop your expensive cable bill. 800-696-2871-800-696-2871-800-696-2871. That's 800-696-2871. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Okay, let's hit the phones. Dr. Debbie answering your vet medical questions. Dog trainer Alan Cable, Cable is out today. He's on vacation. What's with that? Yeah. <laughs> uh, he had this day off, you know, he told us when he started. When he, he started, he... It was pre-arranged. Oh, pre-arranged. Yeah. Okay, so that... that. So That's you'll be okay. answering the dog questions today, and I can say that uh, you're much prettier than he is. Oh, thank you. <laughs> dog father Joey Volani with your grooming questions. And animal communicator Joey Turner with your animal communication issues. And we head to Sandra. Hi, Sandra. Sandra, Sandra how are you Hi. doing today? Hello, how are you? Fine. I'm good, thank you. What's going on? I took in, just two days ago, uh, a mama cat and her three kittens. Oh, and wonderful. It's been a real experience. My question is, they're doing well. We trapped them. They were spayed, neutered, defleed, and everything is going pretty good. Um, and the mama cat, we took her into. We've known her since she was born, but we just couldn't catch her before. And then this time we did with her, her babies. We want to know if it's she. She's jumped up on a um, bookshelf that we have that's about six feet tall, a built-in bookshelf, and uh-huh. she's been there all night and day. Uh, is she too feral? I mean, she comes to us. I can touch her when she's eating, but I think she's probably just frightened. Um, we yeah. had them in the traps. She, the kittens are doing fine. I'm rubbing them and, you know, petting them and everything. But she's up there, and she doesn't look like she wants to come down yet. Okay. Is she's this the first parents. time she's been in your home? or? Yes. She's been running free. All righty. So, yeah, I mean, she may be in a little bit of just sensory overload um, because environment-wise, it can be very freaky for cats that are used to the big outdoors to be in, uh-huh. in, in closed spaces, especially with some of the household sounds that we may not even be aware of. Um, those kind of things can be very frightening for a cat that's not really acclimated to that. Um, so the big thing for that is, you know, I guess a little bit of her comfort. We need to give her an escape hatch so that she can get out of there safely. Um, and then to really decide from there if she 
can be comfortably maintained indoors or not. Because not every feral cat can adapt easily to being indoors. It just can be too stressful for them. So some things I would recommend you do. Um, one is I would go to your nearest pet store or veterinary office and get um, a plug-in of a pheromone, which are the cat scent hormones. They have calming effects, and that can help to ease her a little bit in kind of a natural way. Put that in the room where she's at. Also, make sure we have ample food. Um, put some really stinky, I like to put the fish-flavored foods out and put that down in an area that she doesn't have to commit to coming all the way down to the floor, to the door, or where the activity is. Um, and then also provide some other opportunities for her to hide. So she's kind of feel safe. She's got visual security. She's as high as she can get, and that's what cats like. They like to feel like they can watch their surroundings and not feel anything come from above to threaten them. Okay. So give her some other opportunities, either cat trees or even you can just get some cardboard boxes and put that up on some furniture, drape a towel over it, give her somewhere where she can hide inside and hopefully get into a little bit more um, manageable area and give her lots of room because, you know, it it can definitely be um, very scary when we try to kind of jump on them and and catch them and and to turn them into a lap cat right away. She may not be that. Um, But if you give her those visual securities, that may help her feel more comfortable in her surroundings and she may adapt a little bit more. And the pheromones, you say, it's uh, they're cat pheromones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And they just come in um, generally in a spray or a plug-in. I like the plug-ins because, you know, I like to just put that in the area and you want to keep the door shut to that room where she's at so you have that maximum use of the pheromone in that room. And also just it'll keep the noises and the traffic and so forth away. Um, and that'll help her feel more comfortable. Okay. Well, she had uh, separated herself from her kittens and now she's here with them. Oh, okay. Well, they're old enough. They can, you know, take care of themselves at this point. <laughs> so who knows? Maybe maybe she's looking to try to get outside again. That could be the problem. Okay. I'm hoping not because she's such a love and she's she's very gentle. You know, I mean, she just separated from, you know, herself like her mama did her. Um, mm-hmm. But she's very gentle. She's a sweetheart. I think she's just really frightened, but I just didn't know whether she was. I thought of that and I thought... Is she too feral or, you know, but she's been social. She'd come to us for food for the last year. Yeah. Yeah. Well, try those things and then just give her her space, give her those opportunities to to kind of find it uh, on her own terms. Okay. Thank you so much. Good luck with that, Sandra. And thanks for listening to Animal Radio. We appreciate it. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Hi, it's Alan Cable. I just want to thank you for your calls and your emails to Animal Radio. You know, there's nothing I enjoy more than teaching folks how to understand their dogs. Here's one we didn't get to during the show yet. It was from a gentleman who lives by the airport. His dog's very afraid of the sound of the airplanes. He wanted to know what he can do about that. Picture this in your mind. A 120-pound lab shepherd mix who's not afraid of anybody. He's a pretty strong-willed dog. But a thunderstorm rolls through or somebody sets off some fireworks and he wants to hide under the table. Scared as a mouse. The good news is with time and patience, you can desensitize your dog, and it all starts with you being a calm and confident pack leader. Two nights ago, we had a major thunderstorm barrel through here at about 1 o'clock in the morning. I can always tell if it's happening. Even if I can't hear it, I hear the click-clack of paws coming down the hallway. (laughs) He's not supposed to come down there. The first thing is, even though he's breaking the rules, you can't get mad at him because he's scared. You don't want to punish him for being afraid. He can't help it. So I took my dog outside on a leash, and I just stood there. All mellow, calm, and relaxed. 
pretty much not paying any attention to him until he laid down. Then I pet him. After about 30 minutes of that, I brought him inside. I still knew he wouldn't stay in the kitchen where he's supposed to. So I stood there side by side with him too. And after about 20 minutes, he laid down. I told him what a good dog he was, pet him. And then I always say, good dogs always get a treat. Yeah, I say it like that. So I mixed an egg in with his dog food. The storm was still going on, but he kind of got distracted by the dog food. And he got rewarded for staying calm during it. Plus, my calm energy told him there was nothing to really worry about. After he was done eating, I told him he was a good dog, stay, and went back to bed. If he hadn't have stayed, I'd have come out and done it again. You know, it takes patience. And this is only the second time I've worked with him through a thunderstorm. But he stayed put, thunder, lightning, and all. Remember, dogs feed off your energy. If you're a nervous wreck, your dog's going to think there's something to be nervous about. And if you're calm, that energy rubs off too. So remember, be calm, be patient, and be persistent. And you can teach your dog there's nothing to be afraid of. Do you have a home that you don't want anymore? We can buy it from you within 24 hours, any home, size, or condition. For over 20 years, we've been buying homes for cash and helping homeowners sell their homes immediately with no listings or strangers walking through your home. Are you moving? Did you lose your job? Going through a divorce? Whatever the reason, if you're in a bind and you know that you need to sell your house fast, call the expert team at I Need to Sell My House Fast. We'll make you a serious cash offer to buy your home in 24 hours and let you walk away from it. No listing, no waiting. Sell any home, any size, any condition now. Call the expert team at I Need to Sell My House Fast. Make this free call now. 800 478 6084. 800 478 6084. That's the manager of the Game Preserve Lodge, where this hippopotamus was stuck in the swimming pool, said the four-year-old hippo had been chased from his herd by a dominant male when he wandered into the conservation lodge, plopped into the eight-foot-deep pool. Now, he was able to swim freely, but he couldn't get out because there were no steps. Lodge workers dubbed him Solly, and the hippo's plight captivated South Africans. Somebody even set up a Twitter account on Solly's behalf, and they tweeted purported hippo quotes. Well, a few days later, the TV crews carried a scrolling headline that announced the animal's death. Just as the vet had arrived, the hippo tried one last time to get to his feet. He couldn't make it. Exhausted, he dropped his head into the knee-deep water, making a splash, and he laid still. A wildlife rescue expert was in tears as he confirmed that Solly was dead. Hippos are sensitive creatures, and Solly's stress level had probably been rising since he was forced from his group. That's called a pod, by the way. And he took shelter in the pool. Once inside, he just couldn't get out, and that probably added to his stress. You know what they say, if life gives you bulk qualities of defective candy unfit for human consumption, just make chocolate lace cattle feed. Well, that's what they say in Kentucky, apparently, where an industrious cattleman has responded to skyrocketing corn prices. So he swapped out the corn in his 1,400 cows diets for low-grade candy. The Paducah, Kentucky-based WPSD local reports that Joseph Watson, owner of United Livestock Commodities, believes that candy is a healthy drought-time substitute for corn. 
He even suggests it has advantage over vegetables. And it goes way beyond price. It actually has a higher ratio of fat actually feeding them than feeding them straight corn. But John Waller, a professor of animal nutrition at the University of Tennessee, said he didn't seem the least bit scandalized by candy fat in cows. He says it's a viable diet, keeps fat material from going out in the landfill, and it's a good way to get nutrients in these cattle. More cattle stories. A 52-year-old Montana man is recovering from injuries that he sustained after a stray cow ran amok on the streets of downtown Billings. The Billings Gazette says the man suffered broken bones, sore ribs after he was charged by this 1,200-pound black Angus cow. The victim was working on a construction site when he saw police and decided to help them catch the cow. Well, the bolting bovine escaped during uploading at the public auction yards, and the cow knocked over a cyclist and pedestrians during its rampage. Local police say they weren't equipped to wrangle the animal in a city environment. The cow was finally shot after a two-hour chase, unfortunately. The injured man was released from the hospital the following day. I'm Stacy Cohen. Get more animal breaking news at AnimalRadio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update. Get more at AnimalRadio.com. And let's take a call for groomer, dog father, Joey Volani. We have, which one are we going to, Judy? And who's on line three? We have Cheryl. Hi, Cheryl. Welcome to the show. Hi. What's on your mind? I have a bearded collie in a full coat, and I was going to one groomer for a long time, and it was, you know, a little far from home, and a new one opened up in town, so I decided to try her, and she told me that my dog was extremely matted, so she charged a certain price, Uh. and then she agreed that if I put it on a schedule, then it would be another price. So I did it for uh, five weeks, and when I came, she said it was even more knotted than the first time, so I, I agreed and then I booked a three-week appointment, and now she tells me that she won't groom the dog anymore, that it's my responsibility to comb it. And I was wondering who, you know, isn't that what I'm paying a groomer for? Well, <laughs> you know what, that, that's um, it, it, it's a funny question. And um, when you got a dog like that in full coat, um, it definitely needs work at in the, in the home. There's um, nothing that a groomer can do, whether it's um, two weeks out, three weeks out, six weeks out. Um, what you want to do is compare it. Now, I don't know if you have long, short hair, but if you have long hair and you didn't comb your hair um, on a daily basis, what it would look like in a couple of days, and you can have knots and tangles. Multiply that by a hundred because don't forget your dog is running, um, you know, through the furniture, rolling on the ground. It's doing everything that you wouldn't do with your own hair, and it's not. It's it's probably knotting up. Now, do you have a brush that you use now? I mean, do you, do you brush the dog whatsoever at home? No, not at no, all. I, I I bring it for a service. And you I know what? You, you got to understand I mean, that. How that, often that's... can I bring it? Can I bring it? I you know, every two weeks is too much. Four, three weeks, but, is, you know. But if you're doing if you're doing nothing, nothing at all to your pet, and um and basically um, you're looking for the groomer to um, get out the knots and tangles all the time, there definitely will be a charge. You're definitely going to have a dog that's not. Now, I don't know the activity level of your dog. Well, he doesn't do anything but walk dog, around the house. We don't even walk him. And you know I, what? He, 
but even even that alone, walking on on on, on the carpet, the furniture, attracting um static electricity, which is moving the coat. Anytime the coat moves, it it turns, it binds, but the other it groomer, weaves itself the other into, into did it a from Her house, and she charged you know a, a a price, and she didn't you know. So basically, this groomer told me to go back to the other groomer. Well, you know what I mean. If if the groomer doesn't just, if doesn't you know, want to do it, if it was if it was me as the groomer, and I had to deal with a dog that was knotted every single time, honestly, um, right. I would either charge you, and 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 if 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 the client did not want to pay the fee, I would basically say the same thing. What you definitely want to do to make it easier for you, and it'll probably be a lot less expensive, is go out and get yourself a slicker brush. And a slicker brush is, 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 a, is a brush that has short metal curved pins. And you want to brush your dog minimum, minimum three times a week. You know, just take 10 minutes and do it. Run a comb through it. And it's going to save you a lot of heartache and time, especially well, if, you, she, if you like the current grooming that you're going to. Well, that's what she told um, but, you to do. That's what she okay, and, but yeah. you know what? And that's that's probably the best advice that that um that 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 she could give you, because a dog like that in full coat, there is there's there's no magic. There's no, no magic well, of, of, of knots job. and tangles. She comes out beautiful. She does a nice job. Yes. Okay, you know I would I would definitely listen to her advice because it's really good advice. And not that the other groomer is is um you know is is not doing the right thing. Well, but I'll tell you what, a lot of times not. Well, there, there you go. There you go. You just you you basically just answered your your, your own question. So yes. what I would do is 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 I would put a brush and comb through it. You know, um, a few times a week. Go to the groomer that you like, and I think that you'll be much happy, and your dog definitely will be because you know what? When they go to a grooming salon and they and 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 they are knotted, even if the groomer takes the the, the most amount of time and is very gentle. That's it's still said. pulling and tugging on the dog. It's she a little bit she painful. She didn't want to do so. it to him. That she she felt bad for the dog, and that I I couldn't have him in this kind of coat if I didn't contribute. She is one hundred and ten percent right, um, and I hope that doesn't make you angry that I'm no, saying that. No, but no, she's no, hundred. She's a hundred and ten percent right, okay, and and I would continue you. to go to that groom because that groom is telling you the right thing. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thanks for your call today. We appreciate it, Cheryl. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Animal Radio coming at you with the party animal. That's me, Vinnie Penn, and nice to be back here doing kind of a part two. If you were listening to last week's installment of the party animal, you know that my daughter's goldfish, Betty, was either murdered or killed herself or just died of natural causes. She was a year old. Maybe a little over a year, actually. It's not like we bought her and watched her hatch from a goldfish egg. Do they hatch from eggs? I don't really know. Nonetheless, my daughter has now decided what she wants her new pet to be, and it is the natural evolution. It is what you would think the next animal would be after having a goldfish, and that's a horse. Yes, a horse. I don't know where this guy... I don't, know, I don't even know where, where, do I, where she thinks we're going to put it. Uh, the horse. Uh, well, we do have a two-car garage. I guess that's rather extravagant to a six-year-old. There's some show she watches on the BBC where snobbish 
uh, British equestrians fight over who gets to ride cal- who gets to ride calico today. Calico is my horse, Don, you mine. And now all of a sudden, my daughter Stella thinks she can take care of a horse, ride a horse, when uh, what comes out of a horse is twice the size of her. But yes, uh, her goldfish died, and and I said to her, well, we can move on. What's the next pet you would like? Are we ready uh, to, uh, is the family ready for a dog? I still didn't really recover from the passing of my last dog, but for my kids, I will. And she's like, I, I think I kind of know what's next. I'm like, oh, is it going to be a cat? I'm not that, you know, I, I've had some friends with cats that I love, but I was w- a little bit worried it was going to be a cat. And she goes, a horsey. Okay. Let's go down to the horse store and, and pick out a horse. And what's the name for it? And, of course, Stella, ever creative with her names for horses, was, well, I just said, horsey. So, yes, um, when the time comes and we're in the bigger house, and if this passion continues, thanks to that snobbish BBC series, Vinnie Penn, your party animal, will be the owner of Horsey the Horse. See you next week. This is Animal Radio. Hey, Eric and Rashi here, hosts of the CBS TV series Lucky Dog. We're also the spokespeople for the 14th annual Get Your Licks on Route 66 Pet Adoption Tour, brought to you by Fido Friendly Magazine. The tour travels from Los Angeles to Chicago, stopping at shelters along the way to support adoption events. Join us and show sponsor Chewy at the tour's kickoff event on Saturday, August 27th, where lots of great pets will be available for adoption. To find out where the tour stops near you, log on to FidoFriendly.com. And who knows, you just might find your new forever friend. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Hey, we just got an email about uh, the turtle talk we had last week. They were very happy. They, someone who owns a snapping turtle says we've been very unturtle centric and really like to hear all the turtle talk. But you actually, you're dealing with another turtle situation. What's up with that? Oh, yeah. I mean, we see turtles all the time. We just, I guess we don't talk about it enough on air, so we're going to have to work on that. But, yeah, I've got a uh, box turtle um, that is here, and because his nails and his beak have grown out excessively. Huh? And, yeah, you, you, you're thrown off by the beak thing, aren't yeah. you? Yeah. yeah. Turtles don't have beaks, and I hate to tell you <laughs> like this, Like a doctor. bird. They do have beaks, in fact, and because birds and reptiles are closely related, the front of their mouth is very firm, and it has a very hard, um, strong uh, makeup there. And what can happen, um, this little guy has some nutritional problems that his family just has to get under control here. So he's been eating too high of a protein diet, uh, very vitamin poor, so it has caused his beak, which is kind of the snout, to grow out too long. And it looks like he kind of has like a, uh, like a big overgrown uh, uh, bite on his teeth. Um, so we have to trim that back today, trim his nails. We're doing some vitamins and some antibiotics and trying to get his husbandry back to where it ought to be. He's 20 years old. Wow. So he's still got That's a, not know. a toucan, it's a turtle. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so, so we're going to try to keep this guy around for another decade uh, or two. How long do turtles live? You know, box turtles can live up to 50 years. Wow. Um, so, you know, if we get this guy on the right uh, track with husbandry, you know, he can live a long time. Get him some fruits, vegetables, and to the... You know, it's just like, you know, Joey, you know, you've got a bird. you got to give them an all-around diet. You can't pigeonhole into one thing. 
That's true. My bird likes pizza, spaghetti, meatballs, you know. <laughs> All the good Italian foods. <laughs> exactly. Let's see. I think we have Rick on the phone. Hey, Rick, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. How are you doing? Good. What's going on in your world? Well, I have a schnoodle. Um, he's about a year and a half to two years old. Um, very rambunctious, but he, he he loves walks and to play and all that, but he does not like a car. He'll uh, get real shaky, um, like riding in a car. He starts panting, uh, salivating, and then eventually he'll throw up. Well, and that's that's definitely a hard thing. Are you out traveling right now with him? No, 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 no. He's at home. Okay. I'm I'm a truck driver. I'm actually uh, in Island Park, Idaho, which is oh, absolutely okay. beautiful. So. Awesome. Yeah. All right. Well, the, the trick with dogs that have problems in the car travel, there, there's two components to it. There's there's actually what's more of a phobia, uh, which causes them to be fearful, trembling, shaking, drooling. And then there's the dogs that have true motion sickness. Now, a dog with true motion sickness doesn't have to go through those other symptoms. And in fact, a dog with motion sickness, it's really just when they get on those windy turns that they'll start to get nauseated and vomit. Um, right. However, a dog that has motion sickness can build up those phobias because they know what's going to come. So you can get an overlap of two problems here. So we have to address it that way. The first part, if we've got time and opportunity before car travel, the best thing we can do is condition a dog to the car. And that can be a very labor-intensive process where we gradually train them to being near a car being in the car, being in the car gradually that goes down the back of the driveway, and then eventually working up to going around the blocks. Now, every dog is different, and you can't push them. So we may spend, you know, a week or two just getting them to do basic obedience, sitting right next to the car before we actually enter it. If we notice any fearful behaviors, ears are down and back, tail is low, slinking, looking around, licking the lips, then we're pushing them too far, and we don't want to take that next step and put them in the car and drive them around because we're not accomplishing anything. We're ourselves further back so gradually we build up to this we practice this with treats rewards and then eventually we build up to those smaller bits of time getting around the car driving the car um, that we can hopefully build them up to positive experiences so that's the the hard and the long way to correct these type of things when we've got anxiety um, some of the short-term things that we do, there's a lot of different things so some dogs if we really feel that they have motion sickness I may use a drug like Dramamine or there's another one that's uh, approved for dogs called Serenia, which um, helps to decrease their uh, motion sickness and truly in a motion sickness type problem. Won't do anything for that anxiety, so we got to work on that too. Um, so I may add in some things like the Thunder Shirt, which can be a calming effect, um, as well as things like dog pheromones. Those help to kind of relax them in a natural way. Those could be in collars, sprays, things like that. So those are some other ways that we can help make training a little bit easier or just even that car travel that you have to do all of a sudden. And uh, I guess the other thing that I should mention is that when we are traveling with dogs in a car, we don't want them to run helter-skelter all around the, of the car because th that can actually be very upsetting. It helps to feed their anxiety. The more they can run from window to window and drool and lick the, the, the glass, um, it, it really makes them very uh, much nervous. So uh, seat belts or dog crates are a great way to keep them confined, and that will help decrease some of that motion sickness that they'll have. Um, and then the final thing, hey, I've even tried ginger snaps. Um, just like people, dogs can respond to the, the beneficial effects of ginger for motion sickness. So um, a couple ginger snaps or a little bit of some crystallized ginger can be very helpful about a 30 minutes to 45 minutes before you travel. Yeah, he seems to shake. Yeah, I mean, if, even if I just bring him into the car, he'll mm -hmm. start shaking because he's not real comfortable with it. So okay. 
Yeah, um, and that's where yeah. you'll have to step back to before you enter that car. You want to get some really yummy treats, pieces of nice American cheese, and you practice just going out to the car, sitting, opening the car door, but not getting in. Practice that until you can see that he's comfortable. And then uh, walk him through the car, make him sit in the back seat, and then just walk right out. You're not going to make it seem any more threatening than that. And do that until you can do him um, comfortably with those behaviors. Okay. Thanks for your call, Rick. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. This is Victoria Stilwell from Animal Planets. It's me or the dog. Please join me in supporting the Get Your Licks on Route 66 pet adoption tour. The important month-long pet adoption tour starts October the 6th in Los Angeles and travels America's favorite highway to Chicago, stopping at shelters along the way to hold adoptions. Log on to getyourlicksonroute66.com and find out where the tour stops near you. You just might find your new forever friend. How'd you like to eliminate your expensive cable bill forever or get new satellite internet where cable can't go? Well, now you can have affordable satellite internet service for a few dollars a day. All you need is a mini satellite installed and you can have unlimited internet connections wirelessly in your home or office. And no cable boxes means unlimited connections and no clutter. You can surf the internet or stream any of your favorite television services with no cable. And the best part is, satellite internet service costs only a few dollars a day for your entire home. Yes, fast internet to surf or stream television for a few bucks a day. Call now for free details and learn how to drop your expensive cable bill. 800-696-2871-800-696-2871-800-696-2871. That's 800-696-2871. Celebrating the connection with our pets, this is Animal Radio, featuring your dream team, veterinarian Dr. Debbie White and groomer Joey Villani. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. The dream team, of course, consisting of Dr. Debbie, our veterinarian, Alan Cable, who's actually on vacation this week, but Dr. Debbie will be fielding questions for, for Alan this week. Dog father, Joey Volani, and animal communicator, Joey Turner, all here. Dr. Capers, Reverend Capers, will be back on the show today, blessing the animals. So grab your animals, bring them on around the radio as we bless them. He's always fun. He is a lot of fun. He's, he's got to be up in his 80s now. I don't know. You've known him for many, many years. He's been blessing my animals for 30 years. Wow. Really? Wow. Well, he better put a little blessing on you, Hal, then. Yeah. (laughs) We got to find out the distance that the animals can be um, near the radio. um, For this blessing? Yes, exactly. How far out does this blessing reach, you know? This blessing uh, will reach, uh, I believe... Worldwide. Yeah, worldwide. So... There you go. You really don't have to grab your animals. They'll be blessed anyway. Uh, Stacy, what are you working on? There's a scam you need to be aware of Uh-oh. if you've lost your pet, and they're preying on Craigslist with this scam. I'll tell you about it coming up on Animal Radio News. Very good. Joey, what are you going to be telling us all about today? Well, I had an email from someone who has a um, a dog who has a stinky face. Stinky and he can't face seem dog. To, stinky face. He can't seem to cure it. Um, and I'm going to tell you how to get rid of that smell. Is that one of those, what do they call that? Bronchiocephalic? Brachycephalic. Brachycephalus. Right? Yeah. Did I say it right, Dr. Dem? Brach- 
Pretty close. Brachycephalic. We could say pug-like. You know, that always works. <laughs> do they have smushy, do they, smushy face? They have more smelly faces than other dogs, don't they? They do. Absolutely. They have a lot of skin folds. You know, they have all those little nooks and crannies that kind of make them unique and interesting. And, and, you know, they definitely get moist. Okay. Well, coming up in just a few minutes, Joey will tell you how to unsmell your dog's face. Dr. Deb, I got a question for you because I'm having a little problem here. Um, okay. My, my one dog, Simon, um, he's a Karen Terry and uh, Maltese mix. He has long hair. All of a sudden, I'm going to say within the past week or so, I'm noticing clumps of hair all over and I'm watching. Um, he's starting to scratch. So my first instinct being a groomer is, you know, let's see, maybe he picked up a flea um, or something, and skin is real clean, the dog is real clean, no flea dirt, no signs of irritation, no signs of any bites at all, and uh-huh. it's not stopping. It just seems to be getting worse. So I just want to know, is there something that I should be looking for, something I should do? Yeah. Well, what is I mean- it? I'd pull out a lot of the, the simple tricks that you may have already tried, the things like the colloidal oatmeal shampoos that have the soothing, short-term topical relief. Um, mm-hmm. When you said this baby is part Cairn Terrier, the first thing that pops into my mind is horrible allergies. Mm. They're a breed that are just plagued with bad skin. Um, so they're allergic to a lot of things, whether it's food-related allergies or inhaled allergies that are in the environment. So um, starting off, if we're not to the point where we got a lot of sores and you know irritated areas, we just got hair loss, I might try these. Things like the topicals, uh, the colloidal oatmeal, maybe a hydrocortisone spray that we can apply to the areas, and then things like antihistamines and fatty acids are kind of my starting line for milder allergies. Antihistamines like Benadryl? Yeah, for for dogs, some of the more common ones will be Benadryl, um, hydroxazine, which is also known as Adorax, or chlorpheniramine. Those are kind of the main ones that that are kind of tried and true in dogs. You're writing this down. Okay. Okay. That's what I'm doing. I did the topicals. The topicals I've done. I've done all the grooming end of it, and that has not seemed to work. Um, You know, I'm I'm thinking about bringing them to you very shortly. But um, the funny part is there's no irritation on the skin anywhere. I mean, he's not scratching himself to the point where he's getting any hot spots. There's there's nothing that I can that I can visually see. And you know, I war- will warn you, the number one dog that I have on um, this is medication called cyclosporine, and it's an immune modulating drug. My number one breed that I put on at my office is the Akiran Terrier. Oh. So it, it, it sometimes things. simple things don't work. We have to get to a little bit more involved medications that are a little bit more costly a little more time consuming and, and longer commitment there. And food allergy, I got a real quick question. Now, a food allergy, I mean, we have not changed the food. Can a dog develop a food allergy from a food that they've been eating for, you know, a year or so? Oh, great question. That is how they develop it. It's not a change in the food that causes the allergy. It's being exposed to it for a long period of time. They get sensitized to it. Should I should I try a, a, a different food? Yeah, and, and actually, you know, I can recommend a couple major different brands. Thank you. That, that, see, now, that was helpful, Hal. See that? Unlike you with, with, with your advice half the time to me, this, this was helpful. And we actually learned something. And we head to Lorena. Hi, Lorena. How are you doing today? Good. Where are we calling you from? Um, well, right now I'm on Edmond Eagle, Tennessee. Tennessee. Are you a truck driver? Are you OTR? Yes. yes. Okay. I have Dr. Debbie here. What's going on with your pet? Well, I have a cat that's been very, very sick. He got in a camp fight. He's a year old, and um, he ended up staying in the hospital for like a week and antibiotics and everything. Well, he's getting better now, but when okay. I let him outside, he goes and 
starts eating rocks, like little slight rocks. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and is he is so he having any digestive problems? Any kind of vomiting? Changing his stools? Um, he was vomiting, and then he stopped. Um, no, his stools look good. Okay. All righty. And you said he's a year old, and is he neutered? Yes, yes. He, he got is. neutered um, in June, okay. and he's still on antibiotics. He's been on antibiotics for like a month and a half because he was really, really sick. He had big old pussy mm. holes just popping out all over, you know. Okay. All right. Well, I will tell you that, you know, there can be some kitties that do this strange behavior, what we call pica, where they eat unusual things, whether they're, you know, things like rocks or uh, plastics or household items or you name it. Um, and that can be a behavioral problem. But I would actually be a bit concerned with your baby that we might have something else going on. And um, some of the common causes of a cat doing this and eating such strange things can actually be something as simple as being anemic, having a low red blood cell count. For some reason, it triggers an instinctive response, and the animals try to eat things unusual. And that may be that they're trying to rebuild iron or something in their body. Um, but that can be a common cause. So for me, I, any kitty that does this, I would pull a blood panel, check that, see what his blood count looks like. It wouldn't hurt if he hasn't already been tested for kitty leukemia and kitty AIDS yes, to double has. check. He has. He has. Good, good. Yes, because um, um, they checked him before I put all this money in him because he was a barn cat, you know, uh-huh. kitten. And he said, before you go to putting all this money in him, we're going to check him. And he's good on leukemia and his blood count looks good. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. And then when he was so, so sick, I switched his cat food Mm because he wasn't eating his dry food. I don't know. It was just so weak, but I put him on um, the soft food. Okay. Yeah. And and, and that's where I was asking if he had digestive things because also malabsorptive problems, digestive problems, whether that's something short term that's a result from his illness or if he's got something just kind of ongoing. Um, But uh, diet management, so keeping him on a food that he can digest well, that produces good poops. In some kitties, I will also, if they're doing this just as a therapy, I will try vitamin B injections. Um, Cobalamin is the specific B vitamin. And and do that um, at least on a weekly basis just to see if that helps helps. If it does, that may gives us, uh, give us some um, support that he's got something more digestive in nature that we need to investigate and to look at. Um, and that's something your vet can do pretty easily. Okay. Now, um, so I would also lost a lot of weight. Is there something I can do to help him gain weight? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and a lot of this is going to go back to getting him through this illness, so making sure his health plane is good. I will often, even if we don't see worms, I deworm a kitty. Um, that also helps to treat for some of those worms we can't see, like stomach worms, which never even passed in the stool, um, and they pick up from eating insects and things like snails and so forth. So uh, deworm him. I'd see about those B vitamin injections, and then okay. um, make... Make sure that, um, you know, you stay on top of that, that red count. So if he's still not pulling around, I may even want to recheck that CBC just to make sure he doesn't have a problem there. And then, you know, a lot of it's also going to be a little bit of human supervision and kind of keeping him on either harness if you need to when he's outdoors. Um, if he's not where he's 100% well yet, I, I really wouldn't recommend him have full rain outside. Um, that might just be a little too much freedom for him right now that he could get into trouble and you can't supervise what he's ingesting at, at that point. So, yeah. 
doesn't he doesn't stray far from the house because he's so weak. Uh, we just put him out, you know, so he can get some sunlight and walk around. Mm-hmm. Uh, just keep him away from that gravel. <laughs> we don't want him eating that gravel because then we'll have another whole problem to deal with we, there. We have like slate. It's like a slate rock, and there's only certain spots that he goes to eat this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and, and like I said, that's that maybe something that's more of an instinct that he's triggering, that he's feeling like he needs to get some important minerals, iron, and so forth. Okay. So um, keep that leash, you know, in your hand. You can control where he goes, and just limit those times of exercise outside where you know he's going to be safe and he's not going to get into that. So I'll give your baby a pat. My goodness, it sounds like he's been through a lot medically going on there. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Dogs or cats, horse or emu, animals are people too. They say there's someone for everyone. Everybody's got a soulmate. A British tourist recently found her mate in Israel. And he's a dolphin. That's right, the 41-year-old Sharon Tendler has been visiting the 35-year-old dolphin for 15 years. She recently asked the trainer if she could marry him because he brought her peace and tranquility. On the big day, the bride wearing white walked down the dock to meet the dolphin groom at the end of the pier. Spectators cheered as she kissed the groom, tossed him some mackerels, and jumped in for a swim. Tendler was quoted as saying, I'm the happiest girl on earth. Her groom was quoted as saying, I'm Britt Savage for Animal Radio. Animals are people too. Animal Radio. Need a fix of the good stuff? Get more Animal Radio with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Hey, this is Brian Dottillo. I play Lucas Roberts on Days of Our Lives, and you're listening to Animal Radio. And please don't forget to have your pets spayed or neutered. That's my favorite saying from Bob Barker, by the way. Do you have a home that you don't want anymore? We can buy it from you within 24 hours, any home, size, or condition. For over 20 years, we've been buying homes for cash and helping homeowners sell their homes immediately with no listings or strangers walking through your home. Are you moving? Did you lose your job? Going through a divorce? Whatever the reason, if you're in a bind and you know that you need to sell your house fast, call the expert team at I Need to Sell My House Fast. We'll make you a serious cash offer to buy your home in 24 hours and let you walk away from it. No listing, no waiting. Sell any home, any size, any condition now. Call the expert team at I Need to Sell My House Fast. Make this free call now. 800 478 6084. 800 478 6084. That's 800 478 6084. Hi, everybody. This is Deborah Wilson from Mad TV, and you're listening to Animal Radio. And as my friends would say, Damn, Tui. Hair in my coffee. <laughs> That's typical for here, Hal. I know. It's like if you don't have hair in your food or your coffee, but you're not an animal lover, period. <laughs> Hi, Angela. How are you? Uh, hey, fine. How are you? Good. I understand you want to talk to Joey Volani. Yes, sir. What's going on? 
well, I've got a cat who just loves to be groomed to the point that uh, when I'm not home, my mother's taking care of her. Uh, you know, the cat meets her at the door, runs up on the to the kitchen counter and jumps up there. My mother gives her a can of food, and she may or may not eat the food before she runs through the pet door into the garage and jumps up on the grooming table to wait for my mother to brush her. Uh, and I'm, I'm explaining all this because, you know, this is not a cat that doesn't like to be groomed. Uh, the problem I'm having is, you know, uh, the, the table is a plastic patio table and chair. Uh, the, I use like a rubber curry brush like really for a horse uh got a couple of those because they really get the undercoat out really great the hair flies but the problem is uh the cat is getting little shocks that i don't know about from static electricity and uh you know if i don't notice the tail twitch or the little kitty evil eye uh, she thinks i'm intentionally doing it and she will actually you know if i don't catch her little signal, she, she'll bite me. Is there any way to cut down the static electricity while she's being brushed? Because she'll sit there and, and love you to brush her for 20 or 30 minutes. Now, I, I got a question for you. It's a short-haired cat, obviously. Um, yes, sir. The, the, the table that you're using, you said, has a plastic top? It's a plastic, solid plastic table on a concrete floor. I think that you're getting the static off of the plastic off the table, but you know what? Instead of changing all that, I got a very, very simple solution. You know, okay. dryer sheets, bounce dryer sheets. Uh huh. Yeah. What you're gonna you, What you're gonna do is you're gonna take one of them before you groom your pet, and you're gonna rub the cat down with the dryer sheet. And what that's gonna do, it's gonna eliminate the static, so you're gonna be able to brush and comb your cat with no problems. It's a trick that we actually use in dog shows in certain certain times of the year um, when it's a little drier out. You'll get more static. So what will happen is is you'll get a lot more flyaway hair, and we do that as well. And Absolutely, we'll take care of the static. Your, your, your cat won't be upset. You'll be happy, and it actually makes them smell good. Okay, great. Downy, you say? Well, like bounce. Bounce, bounce any type of dryer dryer sheets that you get, the ones, the sheets that you throw in the dryer, just put that. Okay, just, so just any brand, just any dryer sheet. Should I, should I rub the plastic table with it, too, or just the cat? I would just rub the cat. I mean, it could it couldn't hurt. I mean, I've never rubbed down the table before, so I so I honestly don't know. But I know if you do if you do rub the cat with it, it will absolutely positively eliminate the static. Oh, thank you. You've made both me and my cat very happy. Good. <laughs> uh, thank you. That, that's why I'm here to make you guys happy. Thanks for your call today. Let us know how that Thanks, works. Angela. Joy Turner answering our, well, she's she's our animal communicator here. So she's bridging the gap between you and your pet. And they don't have to be alive. It could be this childhood pet that you have. And we have a call for Joy right now. Hi, Cindy. How are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? Good. What's going on? Oh, I just needed to talk to Joy a minute. I've got several animals I wanted to quickly ask her a little question about. Okay. Let's see. Who would you like me to talk to? So I would like to know what they are, whether it's a boy or a girl, and a name, please. I've got a little rat terrier named Honey. Okay. And she, uh, we thought we were home for her, and it didn't work out. And I just wanted to know if she wanted me to keep looking for her a home or if she would like to come back to my house. And she says she's a little bit hesitant about this, but she says, is there something wrong with your house? Um, there's nothing wrong with my house. 
other than, you know, that's what I do is I rescue animals and find them new homes. And she was, she's a rescue, and I thought I had her a good home, and it didn't work out. She says she liked your home, but she's feeling a little insecure because she feels like she doesn't really belong there. And that would, of course, be explained by the fact that, in your mind, you're rescuing them to find her a different home than your home. But she really right. liked your home. And okay. she wanted to know if she could be your dog or if that would be too much for you. No, that wouldn't be too much at all. Yeah. So she's awesome. Yeah. It was hard to let her go. Yeah. But, okay. That's good to know. Thank you for your call, Cindy. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Hi, it's Alan Cable with another dog tip. Are you thinking of getting a dog? Well, here's some things to think about before you do it. Firstly, are you out of the house a lot? Do you work all the time? I mean, put yourself in the dog's shoes. Imagine being locked up all alone all day with, well, nobody to play with. There are some dogs that like to lay around a lot and they're less active, but most dogs need exercise. Sometimes folks don't think about it, but dogs are living things, and you can't turn them on and off when you want to like your TV. When you get one, you're making a major commitment to spend, oh, I don't know, the next 13 to 16 years of your life committed to a living thing, making sure it has a good life. Ask yourself why you want a dog and make a list of all the reasons. Then look your list over closely, and if you still think you want a dog because you'd be a great dog parent, puppies have lots of needs. They need exercise. They need to be around lots of people and lots of other dogs. They're learning about the world, and it's up to you to show it to them. Plus, you got to potty train them, teach them what not to chew on. Adult dogs usually are a lot less work. In fact, it's possible to get a rescue dog or an adult dog that requires very little. Maybe just a good long walk every day and some affection. The one thing you don't want to do is bring a dog home and be in for lots of surprises, not know what to expect. You know, stuff like finding your favorite shoes chewed up or the drapes pulled down, carpet pulled up. (laughs) I've seen it all. You would not believe the destruction that a dog can do to your house. So before you get a dog... Think long and hard, make a list, and do a lot of research and reading. I'll tell you this much, there's nothing more rewarding than having a dog. They're incredibly loyal, they're always happy to see you, they never lie to you, and they give you unconditional love. How'd you like to eliminate your expensive cable bill forever or get new satellite internet where cable can't go? Well, now you can have affordable satellite internet service for a few dollars a day. All you need is a mini satellite installed and you can have unlimited internet connections wirelessly in your home or office. And no cable boxes means unlimited connections and no clutter. You can surf the internet or stream any of your favorite television services with no cable. And the best part is, satellite internet service costs only a few dollars a day for your entire home. Yes, fast internet to surf or stream television for a few bucks a day. Call now for free details and learn how to drop your expensive cable bill. 800-696-2871. 800-696-2871. 800-696-2871. That's 800-696-2871. This is an Animal Radio News Update. I'm Stacy Cohen for Animal Radio. September is Senior Pet Wellness Month, and now's the time to highlight the importance of routine exams for older pets. Pet life expectancy has doubled over the last 50 years, due in part to improved nutrition and more regular vet care, 
While the old saying of one year equals seven years in a pet isn't strictly accurate, it's still a good gauge to keep in mind. That means that if you have a senior dog similar to a person at age 50, at seven years old, and at 10 years for a cat... Uh, Just like our routine checkups get more important as we age, the same is true for your pets. Treatable conditions can be caught earlier, making the chance of recovery that much greater. Keep in mind that larger breed dogs can age quicker than their smaller counterparts and toy breeds a little more slowly. So contact your vet to see what type of screening they have in place for your older pets. You know, losing a pet can be very emotional for any pet owner, and the best possible scenario, of course, is for your pet to come home on its own. The next is to get a call from somebody who said they found your pet safe and uninjured. Well, there's a scam going around. The Connecticut Humane Society has issued a warning about this scam. They're preying on vulnerable pet owners. The Humane Society said the culprit is taking to Craigslist. They're trying to trick people who have lost their animals. And uh, these people are fake. They're not real. The person these pet owners are speaking with does not represent the Humane Society or any other shelter. If you think you've been scammed, file a police report. I'm Stacy Cohen. Get more animal breaking news at AnimalRadio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update. Get more at AnimalRadio.com. Radio. We've gathered all our animals around the radio. They're all in the studio here. Barely enough room for us now. Grab your animals, bring them around the radio. We are going to bless your animals. Or better said, Dr. Reverend Capers will bless them. Doctor, welcome back to the show. How are you doing? It's wonderful to be on Satellite Radio Worldwide with you guys. And you know, I absolutely am just honored to be able to bless all of the animals on your broadcast who listen to you faithfully every day and every week. Well, now, before we do that, how have you been? What's up in your world? Well, um, I'm presently at the Body, Mind, Spirit Expo here in San Diego, Mm -hmm. having a wonderful time. It's just so wonderful, so many delightful people here, and I'm extremely grateful just to be here today. How are the animals? Are the animals doing okay? Well, you know, we lost Hope Angel um, a year ago, unfortunately, but it was his time to go, and it's all right, but we got a new, beautiful, beautiful baby. His name is Ramses, King Ramses. King Ramses. Yeah, he's a little Yorkie, and I tell you, he's so feisty, and he loves me so much. And we have a little bird, a Spanish parrot, and her her name is uh, Janius. And believe it or not, Janius is the reincarnation of my godbrother, Michael Moultrie, who passed wow. away. Wow. Now, how do you know that? Because he told me. <laughs> okay. He said he, said he was the reincarnation. <laughs> okay. I, that makes sense. Yes, he did. He, you know what? I speak parakeet. You do speak parakeet. Speak, yes, I do speak parakeet. I did not know that. And, you know, if you... Yes, if you're telepathic, you can speak all animal languages. Oh. And since that the doctor is telepathic, of course, I go to the San Diego Zoo all the time to speak to the orangutans and, and to the beautiful monkeys and to the giraffes. I try to do at least once a week or once every other week. Oh, now, do they great. speak back to you? 
Of course they do. Well, the social ones do, and of course, just like people, we have some who don't like to speak at all. So we have some <laughs> antisocial animals that just don't want anything to do with us, huh? But you know what? It's funny because we think that animals, just because they're animals, that they should be allowed to speak. And now as an animal psychotherapist and clairvoyant, you know, a lot of people bring their beautiful children, animals, to me, and I work out those issues with them all the time. Animal psychotherapy, like what kind of issues are they dealing with? Oh, she feeds me the wrong kind of food. I don't like what she feeds me, and she eats better than I do. Ah. She doesn't take me out for another walk, or he doesn't seem to hold me and pet me, but he he does more for someone else than he does for me. You know the same problem. The, the same have the same problem as children, as adults do. The same mother issues I have, probably that that whole thing. Of course, you weren't petted it's enough as a child. Real. Huh? It's very real. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Hal wasn't petted enough as a child. I, I wasn't oh. spanked enough as a child. That was my problem. How is that true? I think it now, is. Are you telling me the truth there? Well, you, you're, you, you can know. read. You know, you well, know exactly you what I'm thinking, right? And you've known Hal for a long time. Yeah, I was just thinking, you oh know. Oh, my God. How, how many years has it been? Is it 25 years or more? I was thinking 27 years we've known each other. Oh, how you're believe. so absolutely correct. I remember when you were first young in the business, and we you I used to be on your show almost every week, and I, I just loved and adored doing your show. I mean, you were always so great, and I had so much fun for so many years, and I, I just want to express that to you. Thank you. Well, so now much how come you sound so? How come you sound like you're getting younger, and I sound like I'm getting older? <laughs> well, that's because I'm engaged to be married, and my wow. fiance is 25 years younger. Oh wow! Yeah. Good going, yeah. thumbs up. Oh, no, 20 goes into 60, a hell of a lot more than 60 and at once. <laughs> oh, very good. Okay. Well, on that note, I think it's about time we bless those animals. We have all the animals around yes, here in the studio. I'm looking forward to blessing the animals. I was thinking about St. Francis today as I was thinking about your show, that the importance of blessing the animals is so important because they have souls and they need the blessings and our blessings and and to give so much love to them. So if I can begin the prayer right now, I would be grateful. Please do. We're all ready. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Yeah, here we go. Here we go. God, we ask that you stretch out your hands and move by your wonderful spirit today. And bless each and every one of our animal children, those who are greatly loved, and God, those who aren't as loved as much as they need. We ask that those get more love, and we ask that you bless every dog and every cat and every bird and and every other animal that we haven't mentioned today. And as your blessing, we ask that you touch them from the top of the head down to the soles of the feet, shield and protect them, and. Spirit of Most High God, we ask that you dispatch angels from the north, south, east, and west and surround our baby animals today and let them know that they're well loved and we love them so graciously. And for doing these things, God, we're so grateful. We give you the honor, the glory, and all the praises for each and every one of the blessings of the animal children that you've given us. To God be the glory. Amen. Oh, yes, I love it. Ladies and gentlemen, Dr. Reverend Capers, Blessing Our Animals. Is there a website where we can uh, find more about you? 
Oh, yes. You can go to drjamespapers.com. We'd love to hear from you or give me a call at 619-280-0778. Now, don't forget, if you need a pet psychologist, I'm available. Our pet psychic, I'm available, although I'm clairvoyant. But we're here to service all of your needs. And we just want you to know we just have so much love for all of you. And God bless you all. I'm going to put all that information up over at the website at AnimalRadio.com. Dr. Capers, thank you once again. We will hopefully speak to you before next year. I hope so, and I would love to be on your show anytime. Now, if you have any pet problems, any parents who are having problems with their pet, you can, we can get me on the line with them, and we can straighten it out on your show. Bye now. He's always oh, Reverend Capers wears a lot of hats, huh? He does wear a lot of hats. Fun. <laughs> well, he sounds fun. He's a good, He's a good he, he has good energy around him. No kidding. He does. And a woman, 20, 20 25 years is senior, senior? junior, yeah. junior. Yeah. Now, wow. I hate him now. <laughs> now I hate him. Hi, it's Alan Cable with another dog tip. I have a friend who came over for a visit last night. Her daughter's pregnant and she was trying to get the dog in the kennel when he put his teeth on her arm. So this friend adopted the dog, which is a smart idea. It's never okay for a dog to put his teeth on you. In fact, from a very young age, you've got to teach your dog that. No teeth on humans. It's a real good idea to teach your kids all about dogs. Let's talk about how kids and you should approach a dog. First, find out from the dog's owner if he's friendly and if it's okay to pet him and where it's okay to pet him. You know, some older dogs have hip pain. So if you didn't know that and went to pat him on the side by his leg, it might hurt him enough to where he'd turn around and snap at you. Always calmly approach dogs. Matter of fact, my dog feels threatened when people approach him. He's much more comfortable when he's allowed to approach the person. So when people ask to pet him, I say, it's fine, just let him come to you. Some of the important things your child should know is to never run up to a dog, whether he knows the dog or not. Fast movements can activate a dog's predatory instincts. You know, they're pack animals. And a lot of them have the prey instinct. So if you run towards them or away from them, they might see it as a chase. So you approach slowly and calmly and let them do what dogs do. Sniff ya. Another good idea, don't try to pet a dog on the head. They see that as dominance. You're over them. Instead, pet them under the chin. Above all, if a dog growls or shows his teeth, just stop. Tell your child never to approach a dog that's eating or try to take his toy away from him. Instead, just hang out, be calm, and wait for the dog to drop his toy. Then you can try picking it up to play. Never leave a small child alone with a dog. Kids don't know any better. They might unintentionally challenge or hurt the dog. Also, teach your child how to pet a dog gently. And no hugging, squeezing, or pulling. I've seen small kids hitting a dog on the head thinking they're petting him, but they're not. Make sure your kids and you don't play tug-of-war with the dog. If the dog wins, he's going to see himself as dominant. And watch the dog closely for signs. If he doesn't want to be pet anymore, you'll see it. And remember, always be there to supervise the interaction. Do you have a home that you don't want anymore? We can buy it from you within 24 hours, any home, size, or condition. For over 20 years, we've been buying homes for cash and helping homeowners sell their homes immediately with no listings or strangers walking through your home. Are you moving? Did you lose your job? Going through a divorce? Whatever the reason, if you're in a bind and you know that you need to sell your house fast, call the expert team at I Need to Sell My House Fast. We'll make you a serious cash offer to buy your home in 24 hours and let you walk away from it. No listing, no waiting. Sell any home, any size, any condition now. Call the expert team at I Need to Sell My House Fast. Make this free call now. 800 478 6084. 
You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Hi, Sue. Hi. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. Where are you today? I'm in Santa Barbara, California. How can we help you? Well, I have an old English uh, bulldog who is a year and a half old, and at nighttime she sits there and chews her paws excessively, and I just okay. want to know why she does that. All right, and is she? Um, is there any sores, any bleeding, anything you can see down there? No, absolutely nothing. They look perfectly normal, and in the morning, I mean, at nighttime when she chews them really bad, they get very red, But and mm-hmm. it, they never scab up or anything. But when she sits there and chews them, I mean, she drools really bad when she's chewing and drools all over the, her bed. Yeah. Well, and definitely when you said bulldog and you say skin and lick, ugh, one thing comes to mind is allergies. And they certainly are a breed where they have their tendencies for skin problems, but it doesn't just stop at allergies. Um, allergies being things in the air, in the environment, um, even foods that pets can be sensitive to that can respond or cause a basically an itch response in the pet. For us, when we have allergies, it kind of is more like the hay fever type thing. Uh, right. For dogs, it's really their skin is the target organ. So we look for scratching, itching, hair loss. All of those signs can be more of a signal that we might have an allergy. So that's one of the first things um, that comes to mind, especially if there's not a lot of signs of redness or injury or things like that. However, in bulldogs, um, they also get a lot of other fun skin stuff coming along the way. And in many cases, we'll get yeast infections in their skin as well as bacterial infections. So my first, I guess my first step uh, with your baby would be I would certainly take a look at the feet. And even if they visibly look good, I'd say a good vet exam and sampling from that area would be important. Because a lot of times, things like yeast, you know, we may or may not be able to tell they're there. Um, If we do have an infection, there's definitely steps, medications, sprays, and so forth, that we can, we can address that aspect of things. And anyone who has yeast infections knows yeast itch, so right. <laughs> we would certainly want to go down that road appropriately. Right. Um, okay. But some other right. things that, you know, if we don't find any infections, some things that I'd uh, maybe look into for you, um, some very nice little topical sprays that have colloidal oatmeal which uh-huh. are kind of a soothing agent. And these work nice for mild allergies or mild irritation. Um, those, there's a lot of different brands out there, but basically we're looking for colloidal oatmeal. It's just kind of a soothing, non-medicated really kind of way to go. Um, and then we can talk about maybe looking into some hypoallergenic diets, which can really treat from the inside more than on topical uh-huh. means. Okay, so. sounds good. Can I ask one more question? Absolutely, go ahead. Okay. I've got three macaws. And hey, you're I, a bird lover too. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, and um, my main one was the blue, uh, the blue and gold. Had him mm-hmm. for ten years before I got rescued the two others. Since I have rescued the two others, the blue and gold is picking herself really bad, and I mm-hmm. do give her more attention than the other two. Is okay. there anything you can suggest to make her stop that? Well, and that's that. You're kind of getting to the root of that. Is that a lot of times anxieties. Um, I don't want to say just feeling out of sorts, but um, changes in their routine can definitely become more of a psychologically driven thing. Um, Now, are these birds housed together? Yes. Uh, Well, no, they have three separate cages, but they're all on top of their cages every day, and they mingle with each other. 
Okay. All righty. And uh, th- was this behavior present before the other two came around? No. No, never picked okay. his, her feathers. Okay. The basic thing that I would say is going to be a couple steps that I do. One is I'd want to make sure we have some some one-on-one time away from the other birds where we can do some interactive play, some food items, um, and spend some quality time with her in that way. And also when she, and then we want to get those interactive toys for her in the environment and kind of like dog toys, the ones that have the food that you basically, they have to kind of pick it out or pull Uh it out of the, uh, say a block of wood and you could put little, uh, food items inside of there. Those kind of things where it gives her something to do so she's not weighing her every moment on your presence, um, that can be very helpful. Um, And I don't know that with something like this, I'd jump into something like behavioral medications. That's really more, I guess, the last thing I would look at. Um, So I'd work on some of those environmental things. And then have have you had her out to a vet, to an avian vet to ever checked? No, I have never. No. Oh, okay. She's she's always been really good, and she's laid lots of eggs, too. Uh, <laughs> it's always a funny thing because people who who don't have birds don't realize that female birds will lay eggs right. even if there's not a mate around. So I don't know, Hal and Judy, if you know that. No, I didn't but, know um, that. No. Yes. Yeah, they will lay. Um, yeah. <laughs> Infertile myrtle. <laughs> they, they, won't, they won't hatch. They can't, right? Right, right. No. No, okay. Right. And not unless there's a male around, but um, it's basically the equivalent of women that have their periods. Um, so adult uh, birds will still go through the cycling pattern and can lay eggs. So, yeah, very oh, okay. cool little tidbit. And while I got you on but, the bird tidbit topic, I just got a quick question. I, I never see them pee. <laughs> I've never seen a bird pee. Do, do they pee? They do. It's all kind of mixed together, oh, okay. and there's but there are separate components. So, yeah, if we could talk bird pee and poop, but yeah, there's definitely if you look at the plop that they pass. That's a combination, see, huh? Yeah, there's definitely. actually a liquid. There's a liquid. There's the solid stool, and then there's kind of the white, kind of the urate, which is kind of like the the urine component along with the liquid. So yeah, they, they got it all there. I learned <laughs> so efficient. much here, and I of course I take it to the lowest common denominator. Hey Sue, thank you so much for your call today. I appreciate Thank you. you. See, I ask the questions that people are thinking. And they're just afraid to ask. <laughs> they know they'd sound like an idiot if they asked it, so I asked them. <laughs> That's all we have time for today. We want to thank you for joining us. We also want to thank Dr. Reverend Capers for blessing our animals, and thank you for blessing us with your presence. Catch you next week for more Animal Radio right here on this fine station. Bye-bye. Hi. This is Animal Radio Network. Network.